born right outside of an Air Force base, to Chief Master Sergeant in the Air Force, Joe Bogdan shares his journey of becoming an electrical engineer and then into social work. And now he is also a professor on organizational leadership as well as a podcaster. He is the true example of when you align your meaning with your purpose, what you do is a job. It will never feel like work. My favorite thing that he says is, it's liberating in a way when you realize that there is so much that you can do when you are on the other side of the comfort zone. Spoken like a true leader. So stay tuned for his inspirational story. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. And today, my guest is the amazing and incredible Joe Bogdan. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thank you, Shay. You're so amazing yourself. I'm really honored to be on your show. And um, I will tell you that uh, you are such an inspirational person to me and my team. And um, just, just, I love you to death. I'm so grateful that I know you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I was just on another interview earlier today and talking about you and, the, and your podcast, The Llama Lounge. And I just want to say, before we dive into anything, LinkedIn, people, if you're listening to this, LinkedIn is where you need to connect with people. That's how Joe and I connected. And it's like we've been best friends ever since. So Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> and I, you know, I'll say too, is the Llama Lounge would not be as good as it is right now without Shea Sparks. So thank you. Oh, well, I, 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 I am humbled by that. Thank you very much for saying so. So for those of you who don't know, Joe Bob Bogdan is the United States Air Force Senior Enlisted Leader, currently assigned to the role of Superintendent of the 60th Civil Engineer Squadron at Travis Air Force Base in Northern California. He has worked in various leadership capacities throughout his 19-year career and currently oversees almost 500 military and civilian personnel. Also, he is an adjunct professor of undergraduate and graduate leadership studies at Brandman University. Currently, he is teaching an undergrad class on leading in diverse and multicultural organizations. And most important to me, anyway, <laughs> Joe is the co-founder of the Llama Leadership. It is a blog and website and the Llama Lounge podcast that delivers content on topics encompassing all things life learning, and leadership. Yes. <laughs> that was a mouthful, wasn't it? <laughs> it is. But you know, it's so funny because I, 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 as we were talking before, I just, I love everything that you're doing. You are so multifaceted with not only just the military and working with engineers, but you're also working, you know, you're a professor and, and you're doing this podcast and you're helping others learn about leadership and their life and, and, and what that looks like. So you're just, you're, in, you're an inspiration. So thank you for being here. Oh, that means so much. And, and, you know, uh, work is a loose word. I just, it's so much fun that, you know, that, uh, that doing it is just bringing a lot of joy to my life. And, and it's also given me the opportunity to meet some amazing people like you. So thank you. Yeah. So first of all, so we've talked about how we met on LinkedIn, but I think that's kind of, 
actually not exact. Well, it is true. But what's really funny is that he had posted something and a friend of a friend Mm. commented on it. And that's when I was like, oh, I don't know who this cat is, but I need to, <laughs> I need to know more. He's talking about neuroplasticity, and uh, that's one of my favorite topics to talk about in the brain. So <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and it just went from there. And then you're like, I'm starting a podcast. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think I was a, a class that my university does for free webinars that, you know, they, they offer them pretty often. And that was one that I thought was really cool. So I wanted to make sure I shared it. And um, it was a really cool one, actually. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and sen- ever since then, you know, we just been... I don't even know what to, how to say it. We just connect each other with mm-hmm. other people. We and uh, like I said, you're just one of my one of my homies and my crew. That's all I got to yeah. say, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I'm honored. That's a, that's a privilege to be one of the homies and your crew. <laughs> uh, and well, well, you are also one of my people. I go to me like, okay, I don't know this military lingo mm. acronym that they sent mm. me. So what does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. So in the military, we are sometimes terrible speaking normal human talk. I mean, we, we, <laughs> we get into this weird. And then sometimes I feel like some of us do it just because I'm like, well, you didn't have to use that word right there bro <laughs> right <know? laughs> we, we right. can go ahead and just use regular english on that one but <laughs> right i love it i love it so i always start off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you so man investing in people it means so many different things to me but um the big thing i think is it's just it's a huge part of my meaning and purpose um i discovered a while back that uh my meaning and purpose is about improvement it's just strictly mm-hmm. about improvement, right? But improvement in myself, improving the environment in which I influence and helping others improve, which is a big part of that um, investing in others. Um, that could be their life situation, finding their purpose, uh, living to their purpose or uh, reaching their maximum potential, right? I mean, so many different things there. Um, investing is in people is one of the ways that I live to my meaning, Part of my leadership philosophy is to serve and um, serving those who I'm privileged enough to lead or influence is about pri- providing them with like the resources um, to do their jobs, um, the personal and professional development, um, to be their best selves really, and to provide mentorship, coaching, and even instilling discipline, which I think a lot of people kind of leave that part out when they're serving people. I think instilling discipline, creating the best human beings possible is a huge part of that. As I've moved into leadership positions, though, where I no longer can impact every single person, because when you're um, overseeing about 500, it's really difficult to do that. I started honing this concept of focusing my energy on those I have the most influence over, which would be um, the the folks that are directly subordinate to me, my uh, senior leaders, and have really focused on developing this, this idea of creating world championship winning coaching trees. And um, that's kind of where I'm at now. And so if you, and that's a long way to say it, but really that's what it's about creating those world championship winning coaching trees to me. Then that's gosh, so many nuggets in that. So let's (laughs) talk about that. What is a championship winning coaching tree? So, so I get, you know, the idea from sports, um, I'm a, I'm a huge sports fan and there are some coaches that are very successful in winning their own championships. But when I look at those coaches and they're not creating those amazing coaches under them, whether, you know, they're, they might be an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator in football. And then those coaches go elsewhere and they're just lost and they're not very, being very influential. I often question the leadership of that 
coach that was above mm. them, right? So for me, the legacy that I would like to leave is that, you know, I'm a chief master sergeant in the Air Force and I want my senior master sergeants and my master sergeants to go elsewhere and win, right? And what does that look like? Thankfully, us and, you know, the U.S. Air Force and across the services, we're not competing against each other necessarily, although sometimes there is some of that and it's fun. But <laughs> but when it comes down to it, if um, a senior master sergeant or, you know, becomes a chief and he goes somewhere else and does great things and wins because of some of the things that I might have helped develop within them, then I think I'm doing a good job. That's what that's where I gauge my own success on that, not just that we're able to impact the team now. I want to see what we can do years down the road. And after I hang up my uniform, you know, I, I have 11 more years I'm allowed to serve before they kick me out. Um, I'm hoping to develop <laughs> as many of those coaching trees as possible. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm going to look back and wonder and, and think back, uh, gauge my success on whether or not some of those folks went out and won. Mm, I love that. And and I know you well enough to know that you will continue to be checking in with them, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's one of my favorite things is checking on in with them and then them also reaching back to me and providing some feedback on some of the great things that they've been able to do, which I've got a couple cool messages this week. Guys got special jobs and got to do all these cool things. And they really appreciated some of the mentorship and coaching. And, and those are things that make it all worth it to me. I totally agree with you. That's why I got into coaching is, mm. is the feedback that you get. It's kind of like almost like they say, because of you, I did X, mm. Y, and Z, right? Right. Yeah. Maybe uh, because of you, I, I finished school. Uh, because yeah. of you, I picked up some books, you know, I'm, mm. I'm being, um, I, I, lately I've had a couple of people message me and say, because of you, I'm running a lot more, you know, and, and those are all good things. I think they're, they're healthy, good habits to develop, you know? Well, and you are all about improvement, not only your uh, your <clears throat> your squadron, I will say, mm-hmm. but you, also yourself. And um, for those of you who are following Joe on Facebook, he's either running or reading or doing both while he's, while he's running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the, the quarantine situation, the shelter at home situations, I've gained a lot of time to be able to do some of these things um, and, and, you know, some different pers- perspectives on things, but I've been taking up cooking a little bit more, right? <laughs> Trying right, to learn right, some new right. skills You're there. doing that too. Yes, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, recently, uh, one of my buddies uh, told me, hey, um, you know, you can cut your own hair if you get one of these mirrors i'm like okay well let's try that out you know i was like <laughs> so the quarantine haircuts become a new thing for me but always trying something <laughs> a little bit different you know to put myself out of my comfort zone because i think the more inspired you are mm. um yourself right like because we all got to const- constantly seek inspiration i believe you know it, it doesn't yeah. just come to you. you you need to be deliberate about seeking it out and if you don't just in my position, if I'm leading 500 people and I'm uninspired, when I come to work, I am, that is coming out. My, you know, I'm yeah. not saying just inspired yeah. about my, my own job. I'm talking about just inspired with life. Um, I think mm-hmm. it, it'll impact how I lead and how, um, how I respond to the people that I'm fortunate enough to lead. Very true. And, um, just a side note, is that why you're wearing a hat today? Because oh, No, <laughs> that's actually not. Now, it wasn't the worst cut, actually, Consider it's my first time. I, uh, the hat's probably messing up my hair a little bit. But, uh, I'll show you a little bit later on what it looked like normally. But uh, So I, I can't say it was the best cut. But I can't. But I, I would say that um, it's probably better than some of the cuts I've gotten on the base mm. professionals. So, it, gotcha. it, so I'm somewhere in the middle there. Gotcha. So um, 
So when I was on Joe's show, he um, called me the queen of grind. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, and by the way, I'm also a hairstylist. And he was like, what? <laughs> so, of course, that's why we, we have to talk about your hair about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so is there a nickname that you would call yourself? Man, for me, myself, uh, not really. But, you know, some people have labeled me this. Um, they call me Joe Unlimited bandwidth bogdan (laughs) i could totally see that yes yes yes, and and, you know i'll take that i like it um i would say that i do not have unlimited bandwidth i don't want people (laughs) to feel that you know that you have to have that to be able to do what i do um i think i just have some time management abilities (laughs) and uh and also i'd only invest in things that i find value in right the things that make me happy um so i don't spend a lot of time on other things the other day i don't think i turned on the tv one time in the house you know these things like that so um i I think i just managed my time a little bit better but uh, unlimited bandwidth um sounds pretty cool i'll take that one (laughs) well and i honestly i from the time I've known you, I could totally see where you have unlimited bandwidth. You just, <laughs> you add one more thing to your plate. I'm like, man, he just started a different book and I'm still on the book we were on, we were on last week that he was talking about. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very inspiring to watch all of those things that you do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. So have you always been this like in wanting to improve yourself and the people around you type person? Or did you have a time where you were like, maybe that troublemaker, maybe you got mm. an, maybe, <laughs> maybe you were that kid that maybe was lacking and you thought, you know what, I, somebody spoke life into you and that kind of mm-hmm. shifted and changed. Yeah. So what I would say, I'll try to truncate this story. <laughs> when I was growing up in a first generation um, uh, Korean American, when I came to the States, um, my mother did not speak very much English. So I became the the bill collector Dodger at eight years old. And, you know, I was the one that um, was able to speak English. By the way, uh, uh, Mr. Rogers was the one that taught me English. Uh, he, he one of my heroes. Right? <laughs> so awesome. awesome. So um, I was growing up and uh, my mom couldn't really help me with a lot of homework either because she didn't speak English, but she could help me with math. Um, and the other thing that she could tell was what the letters meant on your report card, right? So mm. these are things that I knew. And then I had a lot of pressure on me. Um, it's probably why I hate math now because it's the only subject she was able to invest 100% of her time helping me on. Uh, but the other part was um, if I came home with a B or a 97%, it would be like, where's the other 3%? Right. Mm. It, it, those are the questions that would come up. And um, I think it's, uh, I call it unintentional trauma. I think when you're growing up, yeah. you try to figure this stuff out. Right. And, um, and, and she was trying to do the best, but you know, I, I realized later on that that might've influenced me or impacted me negatively because um, I was always, I would never take any AP courses. I would never take stretch beyond any of, you know, what I was, what I thought I was going to be able to get an A on. I didn't do anything outside of my comfort zone. And that didn't change. When I joined the Air Force, um, whatever I was successful in, it worked out for me. Um, I was promoted early, you know, won some awards as, an, as a young airman, but I still never stretched. I look back and I realize mm. I never tried anything different. And I think I stunted my growth um, all the way to the point where I became a non-commissioned officer, which for the non-military audience is more like that frontline supervisor and the technical expert within um, your craft. And um, all the way until that point, I was still just living within my comfort zone. I didn't try new things and it was out of fear. It was out of fear. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to mm-hmm. try anything new. Um, and, um, and I think that I would look back, I was like, why was I like that? I think a lot of it had to do with uh, growing up. But um, later on, I had a mentor 
And a mentor told me, uh, well, actually one mentor called me, it was two mentors. One mentor called me and said that he wanted me to try a new job. And I was like, what's this job? It was career broadening, working social services. And I'm an engineer. And I'm like, why would you think I should do that? Right. I mean, like, I mean, empathy, what is empathy? Right. right. I don't have any of that. I'm like, I don't think this is a good idea, but you know, out of respect for a mentor, I would say, can I think about it? Um, I waited a couple of days and then um, I spoke to one of my other mentors that was in my direct chain of command at the time. And she said, let's go over there and take a look. So she dragged mm. me basically by the ear. We went over there and um, she, she analyzed the situation. She probably analyzed my shortcomings and what I needed to do to round out a little bit and said, you need to take this job. So leap of faith took the job and it was the best decision ever. It rounded me out. Um, It gave me the ability to communicate to large groups of people. I wasn't, you know, um, I didn't have to do that before. My biggest team might be 20 people. And when you're in charge, you can speak to 20 people pretty easily. They have to listen to you. But uh, when you're, when you're giving briefings to 30 people, to a hundred people, to 400 people that don't have to be there, um, that's a different skill. And I developed that. I developed the understanding of empathy when you're, um, when you're when you're hearing spouses come and complain to you about something mm. that you don't find is a big deal, you really I learned how to focus on how they're feeling versus what they're bringing to me and how I feel about it. So right. um, I, I learned a lot of skills. It helped me out a lot. But one of the biggest things I think it taught me because I was teaching a lot of courses. I became certified in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I became certified in the Four Lenses by Shipley Communications and a bunch of other courses. Resiliency training at University of Pennsylvania. Um, it, it, it really gave me my meaning because I realized Mm. this is what it's about. It's about improving. And I was no longer afraid to try things. And then that translated to so many great opportunities, but I was also, um, uh, found that my whole meaning was just helping other people reach their potential. So, you know, and and I, I think it's an enlightening moment when you realize that you can align your meaning and purpose with what you do every day as a job. And that's why I think the unlimited bandwidth thing kind of comes into play because I don't feel like it's work most of the time. I just really enjoy living my best life, you know? Yeah. And and I love that how you started out was, like you said, you were not living out of your living. You were only living in your comfort zone because Mm -hmm. of fear. And um, finally you had someone who, thank goodness, you know, spoke life into you and was like, mm-hmm. Hey, I think you'd be really good at this and saw the potential in you when you didn't see, right. see it for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, that got to the point where I'm doing now where people are like, why are you running a half marathon when it's not really a half marathon? It's like, just, you know, uh, it, it's a Saturday, you know, there's no races <laughs> happening right now with COVID. No bears, I'm like, no right, bears are chasing you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's not, you know, it's just a Saturday or it's just a Sunday or whatever. And I'm like, well, I want to see what I could do. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm, uh, I think at some point, um, and a book that really kind of even helped me push that a little bit further was, uh, David Goggins can't hurt me. Mm. Uh, he, he mentioned how much, how much are you leaving on the table? And I felt like for the first 26 years of my life, 20, maybe even 30, I, I was leaving a lot on the table. So now, now I just want to know why not me. Um, And I think everybody can get there. I'm not special. I think everybody can get to a point where it's like, what what are you leaving on the table and how do you get to that next level? That next level looks different for everybody. Uh, Their white picket fence looks different for everybody, but I think that we can all get there. And I'm, I'd love to help anybody get to theirs, you know, and that's, that's just who I am now. I love that. And you are, you are helping so many people, especially the, uh, the probably, I don't know, 
hundreds, thousands, maybe even millions of people that are listening to the Llama Lounge that... Oh, <laughs> millions. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll um, say the five and a half listeners that are on the <laughs> Well, I'll just, you know, speak it into a fruition, right? Yeah, we'll yeah. just put it out there. But <laughs> you, you do that every day. You are definitely inspiring. And think about that. You, your whole life shifted. You weren't mm-hmm. living the fullest that your life could li- could be. You weren't trying these new things. And now all of a sudden you're like, well, yeah, I'm going to not just run a half a mile. You're also leaving out with a weighted vest. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the new thing. I want to see how far I can do go with that one. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's, um, it's, 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 it's liberating in a way when you realize that there's so much more you can do on the outside and on the other side of that comfort zone. And, and there's like a a broad world on that side, you know, there's so many different things and, and we put ourselves in a box a lot of times, you know, we create this box ourselves. So now I'm all about, you know, I might not be the best at whatever I'm going to try to do on the other side of that, but that's okay. I'm going to still do it. I'm going to do my best and see where that can take me. Because if I don't, then I'll never know. So um, I, I, I just realized at some point, I was like, I'm just going to stop limiting myself. Let me go ahead and take this governor off and see how fast this can go, you know? Awesome. So how did you get involved in the military in the first place? Like what did, what do you, was your, um, did you grow up on in the military family? So, Yes and no. Um, so I don't know my biological father. On my mother's side, I know, um, was primarily Korean military. I had three uncles that were in the Korean military. Um, actually, two uncles. Sorry, one of them uh, went to university um, because it was a medical issue. But uh, So two uncles that were in the military. And then um, my aunt married a an American um uh, Air Force member who became a chief master sergeant. And that's one of, uh, he, he was one of my big influences growing up. Um, so it was like, so, um, that was pretty much the extent of my military, um, my exposure to military. Mm-hmm. Now I always thought it was cool. You know, I always thought, thought it was cool. And I was actually born right outside of a, an Air Force base in Korea. So wow. um, was always around it, but really didn't think I was going to join. Um, and then I realized uh, my mother was having a lot of money problems um, uh, in and out of relationships as I was growing up. And I realized I needed to get out of um, out of my house. I needed to go somewhere else and go do something different because I just didn't see great things coming from staying home. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoy. I was having a lot of fun, but probably a little bit too much fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I saw things going the wrong way. Uh, a lot of saw a lot of my friends going to jail or um, doing the same stuff over and over again too. It yeah, just, yeah. It just wasn't gonna. It didn't look like a, a bright future. So um, I decided to go ahead and enlist and told them, hey, get me out of here as quick as possible before I change my mind. And uh, next thing you know, I'm in the Air Force on 13 February 2001 in basic training. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I um, And that's why I think we're such kindred spirits is because we kind of had that same sort of uh, teenage years of hanging around people that you're like, well, I'm not sure I want to stick around for this to see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and good for you for going in the military. Go- yeah. It's funny because I joined the military to not go to school <laughs> and get a job <laughs> and now I'm teaching. So it's interesting how things go full circle, right? I figured I'd just get a job in the military and not have to go to school. But uh, yeah, it's, and, and I will say that I, I know the military is not for everybody. Um, and it really isn't. I see, I, I, I see people 
that joined the military that shouldn't be in. And unfortunately, I have to help them get out too on many occasions for whatever, whether it's disciplinary issues or just unable to conform or whatever else. But um, I will say that the military has done so much for me. It literally changed the trajectory of my family's, you know, future in one generation. Whereas sometimes, mm. you know, as a, as an immigrant, it can take multiple generations. So I'm really excited right. about, um, about what the military has done for me and, and what it's taught me. So I'll be forever grateful. That's awesome. So did you have, um, schooling? Did you go get you, did you get your degree while you were in the air force? Yeah. So, um, so I got two associates degrees, one in, um, in my original career field. So in the air force, we run that there's a program called a community college of the air force that allows us to utilize some of our, um, on the job training and some of the other courses and, and technical work we have to work towards a, a associate's degree. And then we have to take so many courses on top of that at the, at the, um, college to finish that off. So I have two associate's degrees, one in, um, electrical mechanical technology, which is because of my, my background and my career field. The other one was because I stepped out and did my special duty. So I got one in social, uh, social services and I have a, undergrad degree in, um, in social sciences and then a master's degree in um, organizational leadership, which is what I teach now. Yeah. And so tell me, how did you get into teaching? So uh, a big person that inspired me to do that was um, Scott Green, my partner on the Lama Lounge, um, one of my partners on the Lama Lounge. And he, um, he was actually an adjunct professor at Brandman. And I was like, hey, what's that all about? And I knew my passion was teaching because of what I was doing in my special duty. And he told me about it. And I was like, well, that's cool. But, you know, I, I need to get my degree first before I can even approach to at least get a graduate degree um, so that I can teach undergrad. So um, I, he told me about it. I, I kind of worked on my graduate degree. I was really busy in Korea. I was stationed out there for a while, which is extremely busy. Uh, but I was able to grind out my graduate degree and really love the program. And then I fell in love with the school even more. So right after I got my degree, I shared an email to the, uh, the, the dean uh, and the, and the team that, um, that hires. And they said, Oh, that's really cool. But, um, after you get your degree, we kind of want you to go use it for a little bit before you come back and teach it. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> sounds good. And they said, we usually don't even entertain people coming back to teach until at least 12 months after they've mm. earned their graduate degree. And I was like, fair enough. <laughs> so <laughs> I put a, uh, in my calendar, I put exactly 365 days from now, send an email once again. Right? Wow. And, yeah. and, and, you know, a year passed and it pops up and I'm like, cool. So I send an email and then I hear crickets for about two months. And then I send another email following up and then they respond and say, Hey, send us your, um, your teaching resume or CV uh, and send your um, letter of why you're interested in this and send your transcripts. And I sent it in, then those crickets for about three, four months again. And then I got a call uh, from the assistant dean and he said, hey, I'd love to uh, interview for interview you. And I was in Germany at the time, so we had to figure out our time zone. But that was a two-hour interview, wow. um, about an hour just talking about leadership and an hour talking about um about teaching philosophies and and the cool thing is him and I had some um, th- some things in common. Um, which what I would what I would tell anybody if they're ever interviewing a job, it pays to stalk the person that's going to interview you. All right, so <laughs> so we go on the website, Scott and I. We find this guy's bio and um, and a great 
he's a he's an amazing human being, um, Dr. Sam Bressler, and he's uh, we look at his bio, and I'm looking for something that we have in common, and boom, we uh, he he got his doctorates at um, University of Pennsylvania, and I spent some time there, so you know I worked that into a conversation, and I'm sure that's not the reason why I got a job, but it helps, you know, <laughs> to to know a little bit. But um, I ended up getting the job, and um, and the cool thing about it was, I guess I impressed him enough during our conversation that he said, um, I'm not only gonna recommend that you teach leadership courses. I'm also going to recommend that you teach communication courses and also some graduate level courses, even though you don't have your doctorates because of the 20 years, almost almost 20 years of experience you have in leadership. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought that was really cool. And I've been teaching with them for about two years now. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And through that, I'm assuming at some point you said, well, hey, I think we need to develop this Llama Leadership Llama Lounge podcast website, right? Yeah. Um, so the, the genesis of that was really interesting. So <laughs> this is going to be kind of goofy initially because we're just, we're all just friends, at, um, the installation I'm at right now. And, but we were all into professional and personal development. Um, Scott Green, Jose Ramon, and uh, Frank Zamorano and I, um, we were all into just helping other people become their best selves. So uh, we were all resiliency training instructors. Um, uh, Frank was a commandant of the schoolhouse. So we had a lot of different experiences, but we all came together and had this common um, this common goal of helping people. So we, we were all just close friends and we also all like UFC. So we'd always go watch the fights together and everything else on base. So we had a lot of um, uh, commonalities between us and we stayed friends for a long time. Um, so I think we met maybe in 2010, 2011. Wow. Okay. And nothing really came about the Lama leadership team until like 2018. We were always just close at this point. We're all over different places in the world. But we stayed close, and um, one day I was on a treadmill at Spangdalem Air Base, which is in Germany, and I was thinking, why don't we create a blog site? We know a lot of people that could write some articles on their perspectives, you know, just op-eds on leadership perspectives, or just resiliency-type items, life, or just, you know, learning-type type topics. And, um, and and we just started it, you know, and we went off of the concept of the Players' Tribune, which is a sports um, thing where players get to write articles for other players. So we're like leaders writing writing articles for other leaders. Yeah. So, uh, so we created this blog site in middle of 2018 and then it kind of, you know, launched and a lot of people started liking it. And um, in 2000. Uh, 20 actually just a couple months ago maybe three or four months ago we've always been planning on doing a podcast we just never got on it and then uh april comes covid happens and we decide to go ahead and launch it so uh that's how the whole thing came about as a team but um everybody always always asks us why llama right yeah yeah <laughs> so back in you know when we first were, were out there uh here at travis um um, teaching stuff, supporting stuff. We were all together at an autism walk, which was, you know, just an event for um, the special needs kids that had autism on the installation here. Um, and we we're at supporting it. We we're there helping, you know, and we look over and there's a random llama in a field. And we're <laughs> like, why is that llama there? You know, somebody said that and I was like, well, why wouldn't there be a llama here? You know, <laughs> and, uh, and then it just became our, our mascot after that, <laughs> you know, it was just literally from that conversation it just became our mascot. So we came down a llama leadership team. And if you are not subscribed to it, please go check it out. The llama lounge uh, podcast, the graphic that you have. Uh, for your for your logo is so awesome. I'm like, you need to have like merchandise with that because I want to <laughs> I want to sport a t-shirt with that on there. 
So we are working on that now, especially after you brought it up and like maybe one or two other people brought it up. We're like, oh, we got to work this trucker hats, uh, stickers. Uh-huh. So, uh, so we're actually working on that. Um, I have a, uh, a great guy that was on the podcast, um, Thunder Meek. Uh, he's, he does Meek prints. So we're working on a deal so that we can start creating some merch. So we'll make sure you, you, we get you a shirt, Shay. Yes, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, so what's next? What's next for, um, for Joe Bogdan? Man, I, you know, at this point I, I'm looking at, um, I'm going to have to take off and go do some of the nation's business for a while, um, towards the end of the year. And I'll be downrange for a while, but, um, luckily I'll have Wi-Fi, So I'll be able to continue doing some of the llama stuff. Um, we're looking at doing some different things with our website. Um, so going to put some energy into that where, well, instead of the weekly articles, we're looking at doing something more like a magazine, a digital magazine. Um, mm, so nice. we're looking at some options there with the podcast and everything else. Uh, we're just going to continue doing a podcast. Um, school wise, I'm going to, I'm, I may pursue a doctorate. So I'm just trying to figure out, uh, how I'm going to get that funded in the, in the, <laughs> in the best way. So, uh, that's something just me on the personal side. And then, um, career wise, like I said, 11 more years, I love to see what just where this career takes me. Um, I'd love to be a commandant of a professional military education um, mm. facility, you know, a mission somewhere. Um, that's a goal of mine, but there's a couple other ones. But um, I guess the grand scheme of things, I want to continue to develop those world championship winning coaching trees and, um, and do the best I can and, and, and keep pushing myself to be better as well. I love it. I love it. So all of the things that you mentioned, um, how can we follow along? Where can people connect with you? Website, uh, podcast, all that good stuff. Yeah, so the Llama Lounge, you can search on all the big podcasts, you know, uh, uh, the apps and everything else. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, um, Overcast, Spotify, and all those things. But just by searching Llama Lounge, um, our website is www.llama-leadership.com. And there is two L's in Llama. I found out that some people are surprised about that. So there are two L's in Llama. So llama-leadership.com. And um, you you can always email us at llama leadership at gmail.com. All one word, llama leadership at gmail.com. And um, if you ever want to connect with me, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, uh, you can find me, um, Joseph Bogdan on LinkedIn or on Facebook. You can go ahead and reach us there. And of course, we have a Facebook site. Also, you can search Llama Lounge on the Facebook as well. Awesome. 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 So um, I always, I've just enjoy every single conversation we have, whether it's either in a text or on a podcast or just a, Hey, how's it going? What, 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 how can I help you? Kind of a thing. So thank you so much for taking time to being here today. Oh, it was an absolute honor. And when I say the uh, Llama Lounge wouldn't be what it is today without Shay Sparks, I really mean it. I mean, you connected us with like, a dozen people initially right off the bat and those people connected us to a dozen other people, you know what I mean? And it just became this amazing network. And one thing um, I, I wanted to share with you is that there's a point, especially with everything happening, COVID and everything else, right. Um, where it's easy to lose some inspiration, but also to easy to lose some faith in humanity in a lot of ways. And yeah. I don't want this to sound corny, but um, meeting you and connecting with some of the amazing people that, that you connected us with, um, um, has truly, you know, lit that fire in me and kept that inspiration going. And it really helped me, 
you know, realized that there are so many great people. It really just reminded me that there's so many great people out there and kind of restored a little bit of my faith in mm-hmm. humanity uh, at the right time when I really needed it. So thank you for everything you've done for us. And like I said, I am just so grateful and I feel blessed to know you. Well, first of all, I'm speechless <laughs> and I have tears in my eyes. So I, I am really, I am so honored to be connected to you guys. And, um, you know, I'm a huge fan as well. And, and I love how it's like, oh, he has so-and-so on the show. And I'm like, I got to get that person on the show <laughs> and vice versa. And uh, right. so I, it, even though it's not a competition, um, I love I love the things that you share. So thank you so much for being here. And I always like to leave with this question. Um, so what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? So it's the one that I put on all my posts whenever I'm running. Uh, better has no finish line. Ooh, explain. Explain that. <laughs> so, so, you know, I don't, like you kind of said, there's no competition, you know, between, there's not really a competition between me and somebody else, right? It's a competition with myself. And I always want to be better than I was. Now I'm translating that to everything, being a better leader, being a better chief, being a better human being, family member. But um, there is no finish line to that. You know, it's not like you get someplace and then now you're done. There's no, you have arrived. Um there is no finish line. Uh, you you will continuously do that, and and that's the mantra that I live by. Um, uh, I have not arrived. I will never have arrived. I will continue to improve myself and to help improve others. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, well, thank you so much for being here. And um, you heard it. You heard it, guys. If you want to follow them, follow at Llama Lounge Podcast. <laughs> thank you. Don't turn this off just yet. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Do you have a compelling story and don't know where to start? Have you ever thought about writing a book and thought about writing the whole book is overwhelming? Well, we are looking for you. We want to connect and collaborate with other podcasters, coaches, and entrepreneurs who want to gain exposure. We are looking for other people who want to co-author a book with us. You can find out more details at firestartersbookproject.com.